In a recent episode, we met the founder and CEO of Glint. He's sort of an Elon Musk type entrepreneur. You know, he sees a problem in the world and he wants to go fix it and answer it. Brilliant entrepreneur, genius. He built one company and sold it, and now he's building a world changer. Now, the homework I gave you was to read the book Pirate Money and download Glint and use it. Glint Pay on the app. It's beautiful. Go back and watch the episode if you missed it. Now, we're busy reaching out to states with great success and talking them into implementing Article 1, Section 10 money, which says a state can make gold and silver coin legal tender in, in the state. And it's in the Constitution. Go look it up. The book Pirate Money makes the constitutional and practical case that states can have an optional gold and silver standard. But how do they implement it? So we brought the Glint CEO, Jason Cousins, the creator, back to the Economic War Room so we can dive into the practicality of it. I've long said Glint is proof of concept that commercially you can use gold as money. But now we have the question, can it be implemented at the state level? Jason? Can it be? We're locked and loaded and ready to go. We're already trusted by hundreds of thousands of American of people in the world and, and many of those in the US. So yeah, we spent years building Glint uh, and actually you know, preparing for this exact type of, of requirement. You know, we had a bunch of people here in the Economic War Room uh, August 17th. I remember we had a conference on state-based transactional gold and silver, yeah. and you were here, and you met with all of these people and legislators. And then I watched as they said, can you come to my state? And we traveled together to Utah for Ken Ivory, who is a good friend of the Economic War Room, and Marla Oaks, the treasurer, to meet with them to answer a lot of those questions. How would it work for a state? Well, states have a lot of flexibility with Glint. I and mean, we've built a system that can be uh, applied in lots of different configurations and scenarios. I mean, it, even the underlying technology can make anything money if it needs to. It's, it's currency agnostic, it's vault agnostic, and of course it's location agnostic. And we can configure it differently for different states' needs. But I think there are, uh, you know, a, a, as a qualified architect, I'm trained to kind of delve into what the real requirements behind what a client's asking for and try and work out what really they need. And my personal opinion is that actually it's best to have a solution that is as independent as possible from outside of the state. So Glint is all about, you know, gold is security. We say Glint, it's key. Um, you know, it's security uh, from, the bank, from the existing dangers within the banking system and within the problems with the fiat currency system but it's also totally integrated with them. And with, in the same way, I think, uh, that with the US states, it's, it's a good idea to actually make sure that we build uh, the platform in the state, and that is not dependent on anything outside of that. Now, there, are, of course, are variations on that, and in some circumstances, I expect there will be need for variations on that model. There are lots of different ways we can do it, is the point I'm trying to say. Well, Article 1, Section 10, it makes it, it says the state shall not make anything but gold and silver coin tender in the state. Now we've got a Supreme Court decision, uh, Bronson versus Rhodes, that says essentially bullion is as good as coin because what is a coin other than a government stamp regarding the weight and the purity of the metal? So bottom line is, uh, is a Spanish mill dollar is 0.7734 troy ounces of fine silver. It's weight and purity, and the government stamped it and said it's weight and purity. But you, Glint can actually take advantage of that bullion capability and say, well, that's the equivalence of coin. And 
can glint take silver in addition to gold? Absolutely. I mean, we could uh, we could enable uh, coffee beans as a currency if we wanted to. So we certainly can do with silver. In fact, silver. Uh, having silver on our platform is one of the number one requested features that all of our clients have been asking for for the last couple of years. So a state can follow Article 1, Section 10, make gold and silver transactional, use your system, because that's the big, you know, when I started talking to states, they said, well, how in the world would that work? You know, because it has to be separate, but integrated. And how, you know, Glint is unique in that, is that it's separate because it's gold and silver, so it's not fractional banking, it's not US dollar based, but you've made it so it's fully integrated in the economic system. Here, here in not just this country, but the entire world. You can use a MasterCard you know, virtually anywhere in the world. Yeah, you can. And also the peer-to-peer -peer system is really important. So I can also transfer funds, gold, into, you know, to your Glint account. Anyone else has got a Glint account, money, gold can transfer and it can move outside of the banking system using the Glint gold peer-to-peer -peer system as well in any amount. So literally a merchant who wants to receive gold as payment for their products or services can just have a little badge on their till and saying, Glint's accepted here. A little QR code appears and they flash the card and they would receive gold. So with the MasterCard, the merchant has no idea that you're paying with gold because our system is in real time. Within 200 milliseconds, we have service level agreements with MasterCard. It has to approve the transactions. We then sell just enough gold to cover the, uh, the, you know, the, the transaction in the currency of the merchant. But also with the peer-to-peer -peer system, uh, you can transfer funds. Now that currently is not available with Glint in the US, it is everywhere else. Uh, because of lack of regulatory clarity that we have but as a company. But the technology exists. The technology's already and there. And if a state authorizes it, then you ought to have the ability then to implement it. We can switch it on tomorrow, literally. I could pick the phone up and it could be switched on. It's there waiting. One of the objections I got when I walked through the halls of Austin, Texas and said we should do this, and I showed them Glint, they said, now where is that gold held? It's in Switzerland, right? It's, it's, it's in Brinks Vault. It's uh, insured by Lloyd's of London. But it, is it possible if a state of Utah or Kansas or, or Florida says, uh, but we don't want the gold held in Switzerland? Absolutely. The most important thing for us is in a secure and an insured vault. That could be the Texas Bullion Depository, or if Utah want to build their own vault, it could be there. We're, 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 vault, we're vault agnostic as well as currency agnostic. So this is something the state could do fairly quickly. If they pass the proper legislation, which no state to date has done that, but we have 20 states looking at it That's right amazing. now. Uh, if they pass the technology uh, or pass the laws, then they need to look at how to implement it, and you've got the solutions. You've got the team to do yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, it's taken us years, and it's cost us a huge amount of money to build the Glint platform. We have all the technology, we have all the knowledge, we have all the understanding. We have been running this in the United States since August 2019. You know, we have uh, tens of thousands, we have I think 45,000 monthly active clients already using this. You know, we have, a, and, we're, and we're doing it well, obviously, we have a trust pilot score of 4.7 out of five. So people love Glint. Oh, and I if love they it. love Glint, they're gonna love a state-based current gold currency. You know, we're going to need to take a break. When we come back, let's dive into some of the other issues. Taxes, uh, security, does the state have to own their own gold? There are a whole lot of questions that keep coming up when I'm talking to people. The good news is I've talked it through with you, and it seems like you have answers to almost all of it. You've architected a solution for state-based transactional gold and silver. We'll take a break, and we'll be right back. Uh, states. 
can offer their own gold and silver currency. You've got a platform called Glint. It can be integrated into the state. The gold can be held in the state, could be silver. Uh, it meets the constitutional definitions. It's the role of the state to protect property. Making money is a legitimate constitutional thing to have money available for commerce and so forth. What kind of objections are you getting from states or questions of will this work? I mean, the, the, lots of different questions, understandably, because it's never been done before. Um, for instance, uh, one of the first ones is, is there enough gold in the world to deal with this if there's a huge amount is of there? demand? Well, yes, there is, because the one, the one of the reasons that gold has stood the test of time is that it's fungible. It means that any small amount of gold, that, the gold that's in that gold back there, the gold that's in your gold coin, I the gold it. that's in a candlestick, if I melt it down, it, it's worth the same is the gold that's in there, okay? So immediately, gold is fungible, and it means all that's gonna happen is more and more people adopt gold as a currency again, because of course it used to be currency, it used to be backing the dollar, etc. is that the gold price is going to go up. It just means that you're gonna need smaller amounts of gold to buy that coffee or that airplane ticket or that right. deposit on a house. And of course, we can go down to the atom if need be. Oh, Glint already goes down to five decimal places of a gram. So yeah, we're not gonna have any problem with that. Other questions, um, you know, is this gonna cost $100 million to build? Well, for a state to build. Yeah, it's cost yeah. you a it's lot cost of money. Us, it's cost us that, we've done all that already. So, you know, we spent, we've spent years doing this. So is it gonna take years to build? Is it gonna cost a huge amount? Well, we've already taken years to build Glint and to get this far. We've already spent the money. Our investors have, have taken, you know, believed in the, in, in the vision for Glint and done that. So you have all of that to benefit from. And we can, you know, it does need to be configured for the state. It needs to be personalized and localized for the state. There will be some changes needed and configured, but that, that pales into insignificance into what's being built already. You're already standing on the shoulder of a giant who's already built that for can, them. Can a state make money by offering transactional gold and silver to its citizens. Can they, can they profit from it? Can they make yeah. money? Or is this going to be something they'll just sink capital into? No, no, no. I think it's really important, you know, from a cap in a capitalist society that we do things that at least pay for themselves, if not make some money. Why right. not? Everything should do, be doing that. Um, and so, yeah, I think we need a model where the state can, can make sure all its costs are covered and, and more and uh, contribute to the coffers and for the budgets of the state. So the fear would be, if I were a legislator, I'd be afraid, ah, yeah, we go to all the trouble of setting this up, but nobody's interested, nobody adopts it, you know, we can't acquire customers. Is that a problem? Well, the good news is that Glint's already proven that there is a need. There's a thirst for this. I mean, you know, people want it. And we show an ad on a Google or a Facebook, Instagram, social media uh, network, people sign up. In fact, the conversion rate is so high, it only costs us $35 to acquire an active revenue generating client, only about $7 just to get them to register. This pales into insignificance compared to what Amex would pay. They would pay $700 to acquire the same type of customer. So in other words, when people see it and they know it exists, they want it. Right now, we've got a huge amount of problems in the world. People have recently had you know, reminded about the specter of inflation, which is inherently built into our monetary system. They've been worried about the inherent systemic risk that's in the banking system. People want security, and I think the states have recognized, the innovative states who are leading this have recognized that it's a service they need to offer their customers. We can help them do that. So if it costs $35 to acquire a customer, how long does it take to get your money back if you're getting a piece of the revenues? Well, um, luckily, we've already got two years worth of transactions. Well, we've, we've got more than that, but 
but we've monitored and analyzed the last two years of the transactions, you can see you get that cost of acquisition back within sometimes the first month and at most the first two months. That's so, almost unheard of. Yeah, yeah, it is. But people are desperate for gold. They're desperate for the ability to spend it. People buy gold right now and just stick it in a vault or in a safe or whatever, but if a state backs it, I think, and they can spend it, I think that's gonna make it even more attractive for people. I think your cost of customer acquisition will be lower than you experience commercially just because the state's behind it and I know that, that uh, I don't have to worry about it being in Switzerland, I don't have to worry about a company in London. That's right, I mean, gold is all about trust. I mean, it's an, uh, you know, it's an oxymoron, I think, for instance, the people that buy paper gold, et cetera. Glint does everything to make sure that uh, trust is, is built up. We know we, it's physical gold, it's allocated, there's no, it's direct ownership of that gold. There's nothing that sits in between the customer and their ownership of the gold. It's vaulted in one of the world's, you know, and it's always vaulted in the world's most secure vaults. It's secured and insured by Lloyds of London. We have all the way along the line, it's audited every month. To make everyone can, you know, we can see how much gold is there and prove that. A state backing it is gonna add the ultimate level of assurance to this product and give ultimate confidence to people. I think it's gonna attract clients from outside the state. It's gonna attract clients from all over the world to be, you know, to the first state-backed gold currency, transactional gold currency. It's, the news of this, I think, is gonna go rippling around the world. It's gonna have great potential. I think there's one more advantage too. I talked about in the book, Pirate Money. Uh, if a state creates it as legal tender and also it becomes functional money, it should not, in my opinion, I'm not an accountant, I'm not a lawyer, I'm not giving tax advice, but it should not be subject to capital gains tax. A capital gains tax is when you buy an asset and the asset appreciates in value and then you sell the asset, you owe a gain and a portion of that gain to the federal government but I can't see how the IRS, under their code, where they talk about functional currency and they talk about legal tender. The problem is Utah's produced these one-ounce silver coins and they've been deemed collectibles because you can't really spend them. You can't pay your employees with them, you can't pay your mortgage with it, you can't buy a stick of gum with it, you can't buy, you know, it, it is not functional currency. I can't walk in, buy my coffee, and get return change in like currency. But with Glint, I can. I can do all of that. That makes it functional currency. When you have legal tender, which only a state can do, and a state can only make gold and silver legal tender, according to the Constitution, and then you have the functionality of Glint, which makes it functional currency, you put those two together, and you might, have, might be able to own gold and silver without fear of capital gains taxation. I think that's gonna make customer acquisition even easier, make this much more attractive for a state than anything ever offered anywhere. Yeah, I think it could generate a tsunami of interest. Yeah, so the first state that does this is gonna have a strategic advantage, first, won't they? First move for advantage, definitely, for the first people to do this, for sure. Yeah, so let's say uh, we've got a race going, 20 states, Utah we've talked with, we've talked. I've spoken in Florida and Alabama and Louisiana and all these different places. The first one that moves and gets the legislation passed and gets set up is gonna attract a lot of interest. It is, because of course they don't just have to have local Utah or Florida residents, they can attract people from all over the world. Oh yeah, I put my money in Utah if it's not available in Texas, no question. Okay, we're gonna need to take another break. When we talk, come back, let's talk about some of the alternative ways that you can own gold and silver. What's gonna to happen to the price of gold over time? Can gold be used as money? That sort of thing and the momentum in the states. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. Jason, we've been talking about a state. 
adopting Article I, Section 10 money, using the Glint technology and offering, or, or there are others, I guess the state could build it on their own, but why would they want to spend the hundreds of millions of dollars and the time and all that to do it when you've, when you've done it? But, but however they do it, is the state going to have to build their own bullion depository? Texas has one. Do they, does Utah have to build one? Does New Mexico have to build one? I, I don't think there's any point in having uh, a vault that sat there with the uh, state security uh, with nothing in it and, or very little in it. And I think, it's, I think that states can work together on this. I mean, there are already states, as you know, who have already done this, the Texas Bullion Depository. And my, my advice would be that they utilize uh, the resources of each other until they get what I call critical mass, at which point I think it becomes a good idea for them to have their own vault. Yeah, well, Tennessee looked at this, and they actually had a bill recently that talked about should we build our own depository. It was a study bill, and the conclusion of the study was not until we have critical mass. So I think, I think the uh, legislatures are agreeing with you in that. Now, I get asked all the time, people walk up to me, this is, this is almost a work of art. Yeah, they're beautiful, aren't they? Th this is a Utah gold back. This is Utah has been very innovative. I've got a Utah silver coin hanging on the wall, and I've got a gold back. This is one 100th a troy ounce of 24 karat gold, uh, and, it, and it's a 10. So it's a 10 gold back a certificate because it's one 100th of an ounce. Is there a role for gold in other forms beyond just the electronic version that's real gold held in a vault, but I can trade electronically? I think it's very important that everybody has some real physical gold at home. It's, I think it's really important. Um, and you know that can obviously take the form of gold bars, coins, or gold backs. Um, the, the challenges that we've dis we've discussed before are around the margins, the spreads that were in the gold, because as I said, these are physical items that need to be managed, and they can't be you know they're not participating in electronic payments, and so there's a cost to that. Um, there's a cost to, to, to make them as well, to actually create them. And that gold back is a beautiful work of art. It's it like, is. It's, there's a technological and, 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 and innovation within that as well. But it takes, it costs money to use and manage them. So I think that um, they're important, but I think they play a different role to electronic transaction gold platform like Glint. Well, what we're recommending to the states, and we've got 20 states that we're working with right now. I mean, when, when I wrote the book Pirate Money, I was somewhat discouraged because we'd run a bill in Texas and it got almost to the finish line. And, and then uh, we had a, a tumult at the end of the Texas session. They impeached the attorney general and they had a lot of activity. And we, we were like 20 bills away if, if we'd had three hours more in the session, three hours we would have gotten it passed. We'd counted the votes. But I was somewhat discouraged, wrote the book, and the next thing I know, we have 20 states That's where amazing. legislators have read the book and they want to move forward with this. They want to have gold and silver optionally as money for their citizens. But then the next thing that comes up is, but how can we do it practically? And so I've had the privilege of meeting you and going with you and talking to these legislators and talking to the state treasurers and so forth and saying, wait, there's a proof of concept. It already works. It already exists. And we've got a CEO here who says, no, I'm willing to open up and work with you on, you know, basically uh, you, you say we can be on one end of the spectrum or the other end of the spectrum. We can make it where it costs very little to the state, but you can't make anything from it or where it costs uh, a little bit of money, but you have a light, great potential. I mean, I think that's the spectrum that you're willing to discuss. Well, listen, I, I wish I didn't have to build Glint. I, I mean, if this is a mission-driven business for me, 
I wish I did. I could earn a lot more money doing other things. But there's a huge problem, and it's a problem for us, and it's a problem for our children and our grandchildren. And I felt like I, ha I felt like a vocation. I had to develop this solution. In 2008, it came to me like a blinding flash, and it's it's powered me through, and it will continue to power me through. I don't care how we get there, but we want everybody to have their own personal gold standard. I want everybody to have their own equal opportunity to prosper. And it's been the most my privilege to come here and find out about how much interest there is in making this happen. And I'd rather stand on the shoulders of giants and get this done quickly, get this into the hands of the everyday people. That's what's got to happen as quickly as possible. I love your heart on this. I absolutely do. I mean, we could go and hire one of the big firms and, and it's a technology problem. It can be solved. It takes some money, it takes some time, it takes some investment and so forth. It's technology. But what I want is a true believer. <laughs> I want to work with a true believer, and we, we do that in the states. I, I talk to the state senators or the state representatives, and I, I identify the true believers that they, they may be Democrat, they may be Republican, but they believe in economic justice. They believe that every individual ought to have the opportunity to have their own personal gold or silver standard, to be protected from inflation, to be protected from bank runs and all that. Talk about the Cantillon effect and exactly how this solves that. So the Cantillon effect describes perfectly what is going on and has been going on in society for quite a while now, especially accelerated since we came off the gold standard in 1971. Of course, as we came off the gold standard, Standard, it allowed central banks to be able to produce as much money as they wanted at the press of a button. And we saw during the pandemic, I think it's something like 20% of all US dollars in existence were created at the push of a button. Like it's created, money is created out of nowhere, out of thin air, literally. So what does that, what effect does that have on society? Of course, you might think it helps us to deal with some of our immediate needs. Yeah, but the, what is the, at what cost, what is the long-term pain for this? And let me just Talk, talk you through this. When money is created, those closest to the money supply benefit disproportionately from everybody else. Let's just think about that. Who benefits most? Government benefits most because it can pay for the things it can't afford or pay off its debts. Who benefits second? The financialized system, those people working with the financial system, they make money out of a product that costs them nothing to make. That's a nice business. And then who benefits from it? Those closest to that financial system. So the wealthier you are, the more money you can borrow. And you've recently been able to borrow this money for free. Right. Now, the further you are away from that, you can't borrow money for free. And some people are in a position where they can't borrow any money at all. And the people who can borrow the money for free, they go out and they buy real assets. They buy, buy houses, they buy, they buy stocks, they buy businesses. Those things then go up in price, and by the time that everybody else can get access to this money, those things have become out of reach for them. And, uh, and you've got a sad, sad situation now where young people have given up on the idea, for instance, of buying property, and for me, that's a scandal. No, this, it is unfortunately what we're facing. That's why the rich get richer, the poor get poorer, the wealth gap is created from this Candelon effect. So look, We've got people who believe in the United States Constitution and they want to support this legislatively. We've got people who believe in economic justice. Maybe I don't agree with them politically, but they believe that everyone should have an equal opportunity uh, to grow and build and do things. Here's your homework. Get copies of this book, Pirate Money, and get them to your state legislators. Second, open a Glint account, test it out, and then be prepared to show it to your state legislators to show how easy and accessible this is. We'll summarize all this in our free economic battle plan. You can get a copy at economicwarroom.com. 
Remember, what we see as a marketplace, our enemies view as a battle space. This is Kevin Freeman from the Economic War Room.